you're going to uh, <clears throat> you're going to work this same stuff in my life, and he will. Okay. So Jesus returned to Galilee, or you could say Huntsville. He was somewhere else. Okay, whatever. Full of the Holy Spirit's power. Soon he became well known throughout that region for his sermons in the synagogues. Everyone uh, praised him. When he was in the village of Nazareth, or you know Decatur or something, whatever Madison, his boyhood home. He went as usual to the synagogue on Saturday. That's just the church. is a building, whatever, okay. And stood up to read the scriptures. Now, that's important to think about. What did Jesus do? Now, Jesus is also going to, several times he'll say, have you not read? You know, so, boy, we want to make sure we've been reading. And we are. Uh, he stood up to read the scriptures. The book of Isaiah, we've heard of that book. It's a big one over there in the Old Testament. Prophet was handed to him, and he opened it to the place where it says, The Spirit of the Lord. Now watch this. Now I always like to look at the time frame and the blessing, okay? Because we always, our unbelief will shove it off to the future, or we'll send it to somebody else. It belongs to him, and it belongs to us. And you should smell a rat. Every time you think everybody else is going to get blessed and not you, you got to recognize that's your own unbelief. you got to, you know, i got to quit that. Okay. So, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Boy, Jesus didn't pull no punches. He just said, it's on me. Okay? He is appointing me, look at this, to preach the good news to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, and boy, he's done it. Okay? And announce that captives shall be released, and the blind shall see, and that the downtrodden shall be freed uh, from their oppressors. I mean, it's all like blessing, blessing, blessing. Okay, wow. And that, look at this, and that God is ready to give blessings to all who come to him. Now, the King James says, and to announce the, the year of Jubilee. Well, that would be it. I mean, mercy, the year of Jubilee is all in the, it was when Moses was teaching the people about God. God told Moses what to do, and that Jubilee was like every 50 years, your finances, you get to start back over at zero. In other words, if you owed a whole lot of money, it's gone. You're forgiven all those debts. Wow. And other great things. They didn't even have to sow crops that year. It would be just bumper crops from the year before. It was like, what a year of party. Okay. And he closed the book. Watch this. Handed it to the attendant and sat down while everyone in the synagogue gazed at him intently. Then he added, look at this. These scriptures came true today. Now, I'll tell you what. It's the same thing today. When you read your Bible, those scriptures are alive. The word of God is a living thing, quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. Some people teach that it's alive only when God says, my God will supply all your needs, and all of a sudden he, he activates that for you. That is ridiculous. Because you have to take that same logic and say, John 3.16 won't work for me either unless God reveals John 3.16 to me. So in other words, I can't get saved and go to heaven because for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God has to make that John 3.16 alive. We have people that teach that. Now, the reason they teach that, here's why. Because they're trying to answer the question, how come somebody got healed and somebody didn't? Don't try to answer that question. You go right after your healing no matter what. Quit worrying about somebody else and quit worrying about the hospital down there. Thank God for doctors. What if the doctors had on their doorstep, if we feel like it, we'll work on you today. If not, tough luck on that broke leg. They don't treat you that way, but we treat God that way. If it be thy will, you know, here's my broke arm, Lord. Are you kidding? The Lord will help all of us. But don't worry about things that you hear. And If you take the Bible for what it says, all that came to Jesus got healed. Okay, But anyway, he says that all these scriptures came true today. Now, these guys were actually thinking just like what I was saying. Uh, all who were there spoke well of him and were amazed by the beautiful words that fell from his lips. Now, what they were saying beautiful was they were shocked at this. It wasn't like, oh, that's beautiful. Because in a minute, they're totally angry. Because they're going, this is just, this is his home church. 
He's going, this, I know his daddy. There is no way that this could be so. They said, see, isn't this Joseph's son? In other words, his dad's Joe. Come on. Then, they, then Jesus said, probably you will quote me that proverb, physician, heal yourself. In other words, do a miracle. Meaning, why don't you do miracles here in your hometown like you did in Capernaum? Why don't you do miracles in Huntsville like you did over in Decatur? Well, there's a reason. Notice what they were saying. This can't be so. This is Joe's son. Oh, they just went right over their head. They should have been listening to the scriptures. I mean, at least give it a try, but they wouldn't even give it a try, you know. Meaning, why don't you do the miracles here in your hometown like you did in Capernaum? But I solemnly declare to you that no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Now, what I like to add there is your own personal unbelief is what will get you in trouble. You heard him say he lost his pocket knife, you know. You can walk out of here and lose something, and you'll go, well, it won't happen to me. It's the same Jesus. It will happen to you. But see, it may be even more important. It could be something big. It could be something not in your wallet, but it's a future thing, like maybe your job. Oh, God, I lost my job. My job, my job, my job. Boy, it must, Obama times, that's what it is. Oh, don't blame it on any, anything else. You've got God on your side. You are so blessed. You do. It's reason, if you read the Bible, you'll get aggravated at the rest of the world going, praise God, i got a free lunch here. I'm going to stay with the Bible, and people are going to get angry for that about you. But that's okay. You just stay with the Bible because God's going to use your blessing and prosperity to tell others about Jesus. And that was the whole plan. Was the whole plan. Because it's not you. It's the Lord. So anyway, but he said, I solemnly declare no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Now that's where they go, hey, wait a minute. Who do you think you are? For example, remember how Elijah the prophet used a miracle to help the widow Zarephath. Now hold on, Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a theologian. I don't know that story. Well, shame on us. That book is not very big. Now, that one is. It's just big letter. But this is it. That story is just a little bitty story over here. You could find it very easy because it's, I'll give you a hint, it's either in First and Second Kings or it's in First and Second Chronicles. Those are the stories about the kings. Those four books are very, very, very short. They're short. But Elijah the prophet used a miracle to help the widow of Zarephath. Notice what he did. He helped a widow. Well, wait a minute. Now, what do you think of when a, when, about a widow? A widow lost her breadwinner. She don't have a man no more. Jesus stopped a funeral procession one time. And this is the way it goes in Christians' lives. This is what we should look for. Jesus is coming into town in Luke chapter 7 or something like that. There's a funeral on the way out. And it's the only son of a woman. I mean, of a widow, okay? And so that was her only hope. Anyway, Jesus walked up to the coffin and stopped it, put his hand on there, and then he picked up the boy. I mean, he just, he just, he just lifted the boy out, and the boy came alive, and the Living Bible said that he was talking to everybody. <laughs> and he gave him to his mother. Praise the Lord. And I got news for you. This guy, Elijah, he brought this widow woman. She had her son die. And she brought, he brought him back to life. So all this stuff about he won't do it for me is ridiculous. Then I'll quote uh, Matthew chapter 10. Jesus sent out his 12 disciples and he said, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. 
Now, I know as a Baptist, my background is Baptist, we go, oh, we choke on that. No, 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 he, he didn't say that. He, he meant, tell everybody about Jesus and we go to heaven. No, he didn't either. Get out there, help people get healed. The doctors are trying to do that, but we don't have to have a medical degree to do that. We can pray for them, praise the Lord. Give it a shot, hallelujah. That's what aggravates me. Nobody's giving it a shot. Well, we are, praise the Lord. <clears throat> anyway, what's so funny is, is we can't depend on medical science forever. Something could happen and you can't get to the emergency room. You can't get to this. Or it's late at night and CVS is closed. <laughs> you can't get your favorite drugs to knock out something that's hurting you real bad. What are you going to do? Well, if you don't know about Jesus, I'm telling you, you're going to be in a world of hurt. But you've got Jesus. Just understand it. Okay, anyway. So anyway, a foreigner from the land of Zarephath is where she was. Where there were many Jewish widows needing help in those days of famine. For there had been no rain for three and a half years. Hunger stalked the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to them. Now you say, well, why? What? Well, see, that's why they were getting mad. Jesus is only sent where people are calling for him. If you're calling for him, trust me, you got him on the scene. <clears throat> he says, or think of the prophet Elijah who healed Naaman. Now Naaman was a doggone Syrian. He's not a Jew. Boy, everybody in this church is getting really mad. He healed Naaman of skin terrible disease. I mean, his skin was rotting off. I mean, you can think, you know, if you watch stuff on the internet or whatever, like get a, some sort of bite from something, maybe a black widow or, or brown recluse, and you've seen the scary stories, oh, skin's rotting, or gangrene. We hear about gangrene. Man, I'm going down for the count. One, two, I got gangrene. Don't worry about it. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, I was sent to heal. And he's, what? He's that close to you right now, Revelation 3. He's that close, knocking on your door. You know, he told a fellow that was, that was um, had been sick for 30-something years. Jesus walked up to him and he said, you know what, you want to get, uh, he says, do you want to get well? And the guy goes, well, I don't have anybody that'll, la, 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 la. And Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. But that's the question we hear. You, do you want to get well? Yes. You know? Anyway, rather than the many other Jewish lepers needing help, these remarks stung them to fury. So they crucified him. No, this wasn't even about the crucifixion yet. But guess what? They tried to kill him right here. Look what they did. Jumping up. They mobbed him, took him to the edge of the hill on which the city was built to push him over the cliff. And if you've ever seen anything about Jerusalem and stuff, they had some pretty high mountain areas, whatever. So this would be, we'll fix his tractor. They were going to push him over the cliff. But look at this. He walked away through the crowd and left them. Now it's interesting. He went back to Capernaum where they wanted him. And if you read the story, he preached to them and man, he, it was miracle, 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 miracle. But anyway, what I wanted you to see is that uh, he said these scriptures came true to you today. Now let's go back and I want us to look at uh, a story here about two kings. One was the dad and one was the son. And we're going to start with the son first. And we're going to Second Chronicles and I'm going all the way. Chronicle just means records. And we're going to go all the way to 14 is what I want. Yeah, Acts 14. And let's watch this. King Abijah, let's see, 14 is what I want to do? Yeah, yeah, his son. Yeah, yeah. King Abijah was buried in Jerusalem. Okay, so the dad died. His son Asa. We call him Andy. Andy became the new king. There was peace in the land for the first 10 years of his reign. For, here's, hello, these kings, they're either good kings or bad kings. They're all supposed to work for the Lord, but some wouldn't. They decided, we're going to worship the sun. We're going to worship this and worship that. And that's what was getting them in trouble because God said, I am a jealous God. 
don't have any gods before me because there was no gods. They were just carving something out of wood saying, you made me, you made the world. It can't even talk. A chunk of wood. But you got to realize people had no knowledge of how we got here, where we come from. But Moses, when he brought them all out from Pharaoh, found out from the Lord what was going on. And God was trying to teach them that I am the only God. Anyway, for Asa was careful to obey the Lord, his God. He demolished the heathen altars on the hills, broke down the obliques. These were just places to worship, you know, idols. And chopped down the shameful Asherim idols and demanded that the entire nation obey the commandments of the Lord. Now that's good. Anyway, of the God of their ancestors. Also, he removed the sun images from... Let's keep going. <clears throat> this is 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 5. He removed the sun images... Uh, from the hills, the altar, excuse me, the incense altars from every one of Judah's cities, and that's why God gave his kingdom peace. Now, these, these, these places were, I mean, they were like, oh, Lord, I mean, it wasn't Lord, it was, oh, my great little idol, help me find my ring, you know, help me, I mean, they, they didn't know to go to God. And even when they did, they thought, well, looks like that nation is having some pretty good luck worshiping that golden duck they have. Golden duck? Seriously? Are you kidding? Even part of this nation here was worshiping a golden cow. A moo. Chick-fil-A. I mean, I watched Alabama play the other day, but I would never worship a Chick-fil-A cow, so Alabama would win. You know what I mean? That just doesn't make sense, you know, but people were doing anything. Now is the time, while the, excuse me, now is the time uh, to do it. Uh, excuse me, I messed it. Let's see, where are we at? Yeah, okay, so... That's the reason God gave his, kingdom, gave his kingdom peace. This made it possible for him to build the wall cities throughout Judah, which is protection, you know, like we're trying to get a wall up, we're going to, uh, between Mexico and us. But anyway, now is the time to do it while the Lord's blessing us with peace because of our obedience to him. He told his people, let's build a fortified cities now with walls, towers, gates, and bars. Okay, so what's this. So they went ahead with these projects very successfully. Now, King Asa, King Andy, okay, his Judean army, it's just, you know, the, from Judah here, uh, 300,000 strong with light shields and spears. His army of Benjamites, remember Judah was a tribe, Benjamin was a tribe. Unfortunately, there's 10 other tribes and they, they decided they weren't going to join the party. That's where you have two kings and that one's actually called Israel. But anyway, there's Judah, king of Judah, and then there's the Israel, which is supposed to all be Israel, but... After King David and King Solomon died, after, actually after Solomon died, the kingdom broke in two. Just like you take America and you say, well, we're going to have east and west. They just broke it down. Now we got two Washingtons, one in California and one over here. You know, but that's what happened. But it was supposed to all still be the same. So the Judean army had 30,000. His army of Benjamites was 280. So do the math, that's 580. Okay. They were trained, well, brave men. Now he was attacked by an army of, look at this. Can you see that? One million Ethiopians. Isn't that right? Yeah. From uh, troops from Ethiopia with 300 chariots under the leadership of General Zara. They advanced to the city of, let's just say they came to Huntsville. Oh my goodness. A million versus nearly half of that. You're outnumbered two to one. They advanced on the city of that, anyway, the, in the valley of wherever. King Andy sent his troops in battle with them. Now look what he did. This is what we're supposed to do. This is so simple. You might have lost your job. You might be hurting your body somewhere. You may have something else. Or you may just be missing your pocket knife. You know, like Tyler was talking about. It didn't make any difference. Do what he did here. Oh, Lord, he cried out to God. 
No one else can help us. Well, hello. What do you think? I mean, somebody that, somebody that uh, Tyler knows, knows where that pocket knife is. <laughs> he already knows it's toast. He could have dropped it in the lake. I mean, <laughs> nobody's going to be able to find that thing. But he knows God knows. Same thing happened with me. Okay. Here we are, powerless against this army. But, oh, wait a minute. Let's insert some American traditions here. Lord, it might be, we might learn something if we lose all my men in army. It might be better for us to, to let the Ethiopians run over us. If anybody was worshiping devils, it was the Ethiopians. They're a godless nation. Moses taught the people that they would conquer all the other nations. That's the reason we have to get our mindset back and go, you know, praise the Lord, I'm going to win here. God wants me to be blessed. God wants me to provide for my family. He didn't want me to just barely get by. He called it abundant life. And besides that, I'm supposed to be making everybody else jealous. According to Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11. I'm supposed to be making the world jealous. And they go, what's, that what's going on with Richard? Richard always walks out of his problems. Well, I'm gladly telling him. It's just Jesus, you know. Can I get a little of that? Yes, you can. I'll tell you all about it. But we try to be politically correct in our churches. And you already see what it did to our nation. It's killing us. And it's going to kill us if we try to get politically correct. I'm not going to. I'm going directly to what he said. Oh, Lord, he cried out to God. No one can help us but you. Here we are, powerless against this army. Oh, help us, Lord our God. For we trust in you alone to rescue us. You're not going to be penalized for asking the Lord to help you. It's great. And in your name, attack this vast horde. Don't let mere men defeat you. Well, now we've got this personal between the Lord. Well, it is. Then, here it is. Then the Lord defeated, oops, he defeated the Ethiopians. And Asa and the army of Judah triumphed as the Ethiopians fled. Remember, they were, they were well, here it is. They chased them as far as Gerar, and the entire Ethiopian army was wiped out. Not one man remained, and they were outnumbered two to one. He destroyed them all. Then the army of Judah carried off vast quantities of plunder. Hello. I just, I mean, blessing, blessing, blessing. While they were at Gerar, they attacked the cities of the area, and terror from the Lord came upon all the residents. As a result, the additional vast, there it is again, you know. Quantities of what? Plunder were collected from these cities. Not only did they plunder the cities, but they destroyed the cattle's tents, great herds of sheep and camels. Okay, wow. Now, what was the thing? What did he do? What could I learn from that? He cried out to God. Now, let's go look at his daddy. We just saw this right here. Look at this. King Abijah was buried in Jerusalem. His son Asa. Let's go look at Abijah. Abijah had the same thing. Watch this. Abijah became the new king of Judah in Jerusalem in the 18th year of the reign of the guy from the south. This was the ten tribes that said, hey, we're not playing with you no more. This guy here was David's great, great, great Maybe one more great-grandson. He was, oh, king of David, have mercy on us. See, that's what Jesus is. He is, he is an actual descendant of David. So Abijah is a descendant of David. This guy here was not. And I'm telling you, he is a loser in a half shell. I'm telling you, because he created these golden cows. And he said, guess what, guys? I don't want y'all going to Jerusalem up there with King Abijah. I want y'all to worship down here during the holy days. And here's your new God. He made this stupid cow. A golden cow. And said, this is the God that brought you out from Egypt. Really? Come on. You just made it. But that's how deprived these, depraved these guys were. Anyway. <clears throat> so anyway, uh, let's see. The 18th year of King Jeroboam. 
He lasted three years. His mother was Micaiah, the daughter of Uriah, whatever. Okay, his mother. Early in his reign, war broke out between Judah and Israel. See, these are brothers fighting each other. But remember, these guys here were serving the Lord. These guys weren't. Watch the details. Judah, led by Abijah, he fielded 400,000 warriors uh, against twice as many as the Israelis. So the other guys had like 800,000 or better. Okay, strong, courageous men led by King Jeroboam. When the army of Judah, let's see, here we are, I'm reading 2 Chronicles chapter 13. Uh, when the army of Judah arrived at, let's just say New Hope, in the country of, let's say, Gunnersville, Abijah, now he's the good guy, okay, he shouted to Jeroboam and the Israeli army. Now look what he says to him. Listen, don't you realize that the Lord God of Israel swore that, the, that David's descendants would always be the kings of Israel? Well, he did. Your king, Jeroboam, is merely one of David's son's servants and was a traitor to his master. Then a whole gang of worthless rebels joined him defying Solomon's son, Rehoboam. That's what happened. You can read the story. Okay. Anyway, for he was young and frightened and couldn't stand up to them. Do you really think you can defeat the kingdom of the Lord that's led by a descendant of David? Now think about that. Now that's you and I. Do, do you really think that the devil's going to overcome you? You know, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. 1 John 4, 4 says, your army is twice, look at this, you're outnumbered. I mean, remember, get your kings right here. Uh, Abijah, his army is only half as big. But look at a big shot. He's acting like David. He's going, Goliath, I'm going to kill you. And I'm not going to kill you, Goliath. I'm going to kill your whole army. David, who's, we don't even know how big, he's little, because they said he was, too, he was a youth. He goes out there with a slingshot. Listen, it's important. Don't you realize the Lord God, that's what's happening here. Anyway, do you really think you can defeat the kingdom of the Lord that's led by a descendant of David? Your army is twice as large as mine, but you're cursed, look at that, because of those gold calves. It was actually two gold calves. I guess a north and a south, east and a west, whatever. Worship these things. Oh, brother. Because of these gold calves you ha that you have, you that, excuse me, the gold calves you have with you that Jeroboam made for you. He calls them your gods. <sighs> and you've driven away the priests of the Lord, and the Levites uh, have appointed heathen priests instead. Just like the people of the other lands, you accept priests, uh, anybody who comes along with a young bullock and seven rams for consecration. Anyone can be called a priest of these no gods of yours. Now, boy, we got a contest here. Either these gold gods or Jesus is really real. Well, of course he is. He really is. Okay, verse 10. But as for us, the Lord is our God, and we have not forsaken him. Only the descendants of Aaron, our priest, and the Levites alone may help with their work. That's what Moses set up. Only the Levites can. Burn offering, sweet incense, and the place, look at this. Here it is again, the place of the bread of the presence. What's all that for? Well, we have a table here and I got lights on it whatever these lights you know we, we, we blow them out at the end of the service but anyway but the table was to let us know this was not oh you'll be somber it was the bread of the presence when you came to the temple you knew you're getting close to Jerusalem glory God's there well of course he's with you but these people were trained and taught that the temple meant the presence of the Lord he lived there and when they got there, they were already excited about what they were going to ask the Lord. And, and if you went and checked, they were all told to ask that the Lord would bless them when they left and bless them where they, when they were back home and stuff. We've thrown that out. We've 
picked up psychology instead. I want to be a nicer guy. That's what I want for Christmas. I want to be better to my wife. Yeah, the Lord will take care of all that stuff. I want to be a better, you know, wife to my husband. I want to be a better kid and whatever. And, we, and we've traded off all this stuff, and we're getting wiped out. Anyway, <clears throat> the bread of the presence upon the holy table, the gold lampstand, lampstand lighted every night, for we are careful to follow the instructions of the Lord our God. But you've forsaken him. You see, God is with us. Remember, Jesus' name is called Emmanuel. That means God with us. He said, you see, God's with us. He's our leader. His priests, trumpeting as they go, will lead us into battle against you. A little bit of reading here, you would have found out that God told Moses, make some trumpets. Give them to the Levites. When y'all go to battle, sound those trumpets. And every time, you hear those, every time I hear those trumpets, God says, I'll give you victory. What? What? I didn't know. We have got to quit not knowing what the scriptures. This is constant victory. This is no defeat. And that's what King Asa, he read. He's going, I mean, not King Asa, but Abijah was going, Are you seriously? You got us outnumbered two to one? You think you can really defeat the army of the Lord? I mean, come on. I, I remember what Moses and Aaron, two against an entire nation of Egypt, did. They walked in there and said, it ain't, forget it, there's going to be flies here tomorrow. It's going to be frogs here tomorrow. It's going to be hail here tomorrow. It's going to be, the Nile's going to be full of blood, you know. Every firstborn child's going to die. It's going to be dark here tomorrow. I mean, it was constant miracles. The priests trumpeting as they go will lead us into battle. Old people of Israel, do not fight against the Lord God of your fathers, for you will not succeed. In other words, if you try to attack us, you're not going to make it. Meanwhile, Jeroboam had secretly sent part of his army around behind the men of Judah to ambush him. We're going to just sneak up behind him. We got twice as many. I, you don't even need to worry about people pulling something over on you. It'll never happen. Well, they tried to ambush him. As you can see by my, my marker here, we're almost done with this and we're going to stop. Meanwhile, okay, so Judah was surrounded. The enemy before and behind them. Oh, how many times we've heard stories like this in the Bible? We're surrounded. One day, the prophet, it was Elijah or Elijah, it was Elisha, Elisha got up, actually his buddy woke him up and said, we're surrounded. The Syrians have surrounded us. And Elijah said, Lord, open his eyes so he'll see. And all of a sudden, that, that, uh, his little helper, his eyes were opened and he saw the chariots of God surrounding the whole mountain. So guess who was surrounded? The Syrians were. And it's the same thing for you and I. Elisha didn't say, you know what? Boy, we need some reinforcements coming in here. You already have the reinforcements. He told that. He, he said, Lord, open his eyes so he'll see. Because the prophet had said, there's more that be with us than be with them. You can look that story up for yourself. It's in 2 Kings. But anyway, matter of fact, it's right here. Well, we're in 2 Chronicles. They cried out. Look at this. So they were surrounded. Oh, my gosh. They're surrounded. They're going to do what his son is going to do years from now. They cried out to the Lord for mercy. And the priest blew the trumpets. What for? We're defeated. They blew the trumpet because Moses had told them probably 400 years early, blow that trumpet. When you blow that trumpet, God will rescue you. Praise God. So anyway, the men of Judah began to shout. And as they shouted, God used King Abijah. He sure did. Who was outnumbered two to one. And the men of Judah, look at this. Here's a roll tide roll. Look at that. And the men of Judah turned the tide of battle against King Jeroboam and the army of Israel. They slaughtered 500,000 of the bad guys. It's hard to say bad guys when they're called Israel, but remember, the kingdom was split. They got to bear the name still. That day, Judah, depending, look at this. Hint, hint, hint. Do I get the picture? 
Judah depended on the Lord God of their fathers, defeated Israel, and chased King Jeroboam and captured some of his... Uh, let's see what he did. Okay. Captured some of his uh, cities, all these, and whatever Jeroboam and Israel never gained his power during the lifetime, and eventually the Lord struck him dead and died. And that was that's talking about King Jeroboam. Meanwhile, Abijah of Judah became very strong. He married 14 wives, 22 sons, 16 daughters. His complete biography and speeches are recorded in somebody by the name of Ido, History of Judah. Praise the Lord. In other words, facts, figures, this stuff happened. Praise the Lord. So what about us? What do you mean, what about us? We're going to do the same thing. Praise the Lord. We're going to be all right. Everything, you are so going to be all right. Just act like these guys. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you. If we're not feeling good, you, you'll fix that. Praise the Lord. And Lord, if we're suffering financially, you'll take care of that too. You, you obviously did this in these stories here. All that loot they got back, praise the Lord, whatever, or increased. Lord, if it's not even something related to that, or even according to some of the things we read in these scriptures, it's just some other nagging problem that we've got. Lord, we know you'll rescue us. We're calling on you to rescue us. And so, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left. But for us to write our stories down like these guys have and tell others that it's you, it's the Lord. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, all right, everybody have a great afternoon.